Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Little Chapters podcast. I'm Kate. And I'm Jess. And today we are talking about woo, which you might not know what that means. Like, I don't think I really know what that means, to be honest. I think there's really a lot of people that don't really... <laughs> and this this was your suggestion I for know. a podcast episode, so I think... I think you owe us a definition of woo. What, yeah. what is woo, Kate? What is the woo? I just remembered there's a cocktail called a woo-woo as well. So <gasps> there it's, no- is. it's nothing to do with that. I I don't know where the term originated from. I've definitely heard it on Being Boss and then other people talk about it. So I guess for me, woo is anything that kind of isn't, empirical scientific logical and it's often something that maybe mainstream or older generations would thought think of as being i don't know not serious or a bit mystical or a bit um give us some examples so it would be anything probably from things like meditation even through to crystals and horoscopes and things like tarot and visualization and I know that they are all very different things even things like visualization and meditation now have a lot of science behind them but still I think that they feel like something that isn't that kind of very empirical logical I can see it touch it therefore it's real yeah so I guess I mean, when I think of woo, I probably think about spirituality, Mm. not of this world (laughs) kind of (laughs) stuff, which is why maybe meditation feels like, oh, it's really doesn't fit in with Mm. it. But I know what you, I know what you mean. But it is, it did originate as a very spiritual thing, didn't it? As part of... um, I guess it did. I guess it was the, you know, the aim was for enlightenment. So Mm. I guess, you know... In terms of woo, and I say spirituality, I guess you can it can cross over into maybe religious as mm-hmm. well. And I guess at what woo and spirituality means to one person, it will mean something completely different mm-hmm. to another. But yeah, I'm thinking about not yet yeah, not scientific things yeah. that you can't explain with the theory of gravity. You know that mm-hmm. kind of that kind of thing. So that covers quite a lot, and it's interesting. Do you say you say tarot? Yeah, I say tarot. Am I saying it wrong? I think so. <laughs> Shall I Google it? Shall I Google it? Yeah, how tarot to pronounce that pronunciation? I don't want to say it wrong. It's all right. It's like the third highest suggestion on Google. So is it really? Um, yeah, you're not the only one. Yeah, it is a silent, a silent T at the end. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, maybe there are listeners who've been uh, saying it wrong. Anyway, a learning experience for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I read recently that I think it's Gen Z, so that's they're the ones behind us as millennials. I think the majority of Gen Z now have a tarot card deck. I mean, that's a sweeping statement. It is. <laughs> the majority of Gen Z have a tarot deck. Yeah. <laughs> Who surveyed them to find that out? <laughs> I can't remember where I read it. I only read good stuff, though, so it was <laughs> something incredible. But, for, I mean, growing up, tarot stuff was ooh, not something that I was ever into, at all well I remember like more or less my first and only introduction to it was an episode of Jonathan Creek oh I loved Jonathan Creek which for non-British listeners was a like a murder mystery but the detective was a magician I guess oh it was amazing the music at the beginning everything his relationship with his sidekick oh I just I loved it (laughs) and so I was quite young when it was on telly and I remember Mm. there was one that centered around a tarot deck and like they pulled the death card and it was like oh and it was almost like a Ouija board kind of in like a Ouija board in terms of the darkness that they associated with tarot and so that has always been up until like two months ago really my view of tarot was 
that Dark Hearts. That jo- yeah, that Jonathan Creek episode and it being black magic and dangerous. I know, yeah. I w- well, I was raised um, Catholic, so anything to mm. do with tarot or, you know, anything like that was, was you know, devil's work mm-hmm. and not for me to get involved in at all. I remember when the Da Vinci Code came out and my mum was like, we're not supposed to go and see this film. So... <laughs> Yeah, up until very recently, I had a I had a similar opinion of it, mm. but yeah, I think that that's changed recently mm. for both of us. I mean, my first experience with tarot cards was a, a party that I went to, and I'm I don't know how do you feel about the the woo stuff in general? Like, have you been have you always been quite into it, quite open to it, or are you logical, scientific only? That's all complete and utter rubbish unless you can prove it in a theory kind of person. I've always been the latter, traditionally. So talking of being boss, because they've always done episodes which have bordered on woo, I've always skipped over those because I was like, nope, that's not not what I do. That's not anything relevant to me. I'm not into that. I'm very real world, blah, blah, blah. And I think it all changed really since starting the business where things happen that you can't explain and not in like a ghost way but in a a very law of attraction universe kind of way where you do just think there is something here that is greater than me and I am not I'm not always 100% in control of this there are there's something else going on and so that has been kind of my entry into thinking about things slightly differently and that if there's more things going on than I can test, see, feel, touch, then maybe there's virtue in these other things as well. Mm. I think that's a really beautiful definition of woo, actually. You've nailed it there. I've always been, I've always been really into it, despite being raised Catholic. And <laughs> but maybe because you were raised Catholic. Oh, high, look, it. highly likely, <laughs> highly likely. I was a rebel Catholic growing up. <laughs> and yeah, I've just always been really into it. I think I, I can find quite a lot of comfort in the woo. I like to think that I am part of something greater. The idea that it is, you know, that it's just me here mm. and there's there's nothing else that can be a little bit too much to bear quite a lot mm. of the time and I've noticed since moving out to the Peak District where I'm surrounded by lots and lots of beautiful nature and quite ancient nature as well I think the Kerber Edge which is nearest you know it goes back millions of years I do feel like I'm part of something bigger. And I find that very humbling. I find it a very grounding thing because it reminds me that I'm actually not the center of the universe and there's a whole other mm. world that I'm part of. Yeah, from you know, from an anxiety point of view, that can really calm me down and bring me a lot of peace. But I've always been really open to the woo. I have a side of me that's, you know, oh, is it though you know, are you sure? But then, you know, religious side of me, I was brought very much to believe in in things that cannot be proven and have not been proven. But I do believe in, yeah, I'm very open to it. Like I said, the first tarot experience I had was at a party and I was, I'd never experienced it before. So I was thinking, oh, what, you know, what's going on here? What what is this? Summoning the devil. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Oh God. Okay. But you know, open-minded me. Yeah, let's get into it. And by the end of it, I was like taking picture of the card that had been flipped out for me. I was like, oh my god, that you know, it makes so much sense. Yes, mm. and I got a lot. I got a lot out of it. Um, I was the a friend was there as well, and she was, she was the same. So yeah, very into the woo. Mm. Very very into it. So other than that party, how did that interest? How has that shown up through your life? So you know even though you've got you're in school and it's all about god like what other yeah. things have you always been interested in oh i don't know that's a really hard question to answer more more just like a openness then yeah just like an mm-hmm. openness and it's not necessarily something that would come from within me but it's when other people talk about you know theories or like for example i've been reading big magic this mm-hmm. week for the second time and that is about creativity 
and Elizabeth Gilbert wrote that book and she talks about how creativity and inspiration are external and they are things that are not of this world basically and I didn't know this but up until the renaissance so back in roman and ancient greek times the word genius actually meant a genius as in a creature from the gods okay so we only started calling people geniuses much later on Mm. Um, until then people who were very creative artistic types of people were, were thought to have had a genius And that kind of blew my mind. And I was like, oh, I'm really into this. Yes, I can see that. I can. So that's where my openness and my approach comes from. It's not necessarily me coming up with ideas on my own. The ideas come through you. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. (laughs) But how, how relieving is that to think that it's not actually you that has to come up with the work and the ideas, that it's actually from beyond and you know people used to say you know if you had a rubbish day and you got no words out that day say you're a writer you could just say you know hey my genius didn't show up today Mm. it's not me and if your work got heavily critiqued it's not you it's the genius (laughs) yeah I mean that that's what I was going to say is like how does that idea make you feel because it (laughs) kind of is a bit of a cop out <laughs> and that, and I think this is part of where I've struggled with woo and things like that is where it's used to take away human agency and and I think that about religion and stuff as well and where it's kind of like oh well it was God's will or, or you know all that sort of thing it's like well where does the human sit in all of this? Because we are a consciousness. We aren't Mm -hmm. just a pawn. So Mm -hmm. that's where I worry is when people, I think, can rely on, oh, the cards didn't say it. Oh, everything happens for a reason. But also that it just, yeah, can mean that you don't push things intentionally yourself. Mm. Yeah, I get that. And I'm, I mean, so other things that I'm thinking that I'm into are things like star signs, but I'm not someone who reads my horoscope and then lives my life or makes decisions according to it. But I am open to it and I do believe in it, but I don't take anything as gospel, Mm. I guess. But I'm a very gut feeling kind of person, you know? So if something feels right, That's what I tend to go on. Mm. But going back to the whole cop-out thing, the argument that the book makes Big Magic is then that your your only job when it comes to creativity, and I think woo is especially important and talked about very much in relation to creativity, your only job is to be open to the said genius, Mm. creativity, the inspiration, to show up, to be consistent. That's what you have Mm. to do. You can't, you know, sit around and say, oh, well, you know, the genius didn't show up Mm. today or whatever. No, you have to attract it. You have to be open to it. But I think the point is to take the pressure off yourself because there is something bigger than us and these ideas and these things that that we create. Mm. That's interesting. It really makes reminds me of the the concept of predestination, which I'm not sure whether there's any Christian denominations that still follow that, but it was definitely around in the time of the Reformation in Protestant Christianity, where it was an idea that everybody who was ever going to go to heaven, it was predestined before they were born even, that these are the ones going to heaven, these are the ones that aren't. And so what you'd think then is that, well, there's absolutely no incentive for people to behave in their time on earth if it's all been predestined. Mm. But it was that those who are predestined would show it through their actions and the way that they'd live their life anyway. They wouldn't be able to help but be good Christians. So it's kind of like that. It's like it's something else is deciding for you, but you have to channel it and be present and active in your earthly life yep yep you have to show up you have to be open to inspiration you have to make space for it to come and you know she talks about how ideas 
can flit around so ideas will come to one person and then if you reject that idea through either you know thinking that you're not good enough or you're not creative enough or now's not the right time for you or whatever and this is obviously subconsciously or if you're really into this stuff this can be very a very conscious process for some people the idea will find somebody else Mm. and this is why I don't know if this has ever happened to some anyone listening but it's definitely happened to a very best friend of mine she comes up with business ideas all the time really really good ones but she hasn't actually started her own business yet and she'll you just she'll phone me or we'll be talking and she'll say I had that idea years ago Mm. I had that idea and Liz Gilbert's argument would be would is that well that idea you know tried to come through you but you didn't let it, so it found somebody else. And she tells a very, very detailed woo story about an idea for a novel that she had. And it was about a woman that goes to the Amazon jungle. And it was very, very specific. And something, you know, her life got quite turbulent. I think her, her lover was not able to come into the country, so she had to go and live with him and sort all this mess out. And this book basically got, you know, went to the bottom of the pile. And then when she came back to it, she said the idea had gone. It just wasn't there anymore. She couldn't get the words Mm. out. It had just disappeared. It's like, you know, fit like a fish. It slipped away. And then she met up with her friend who is probably one of my favorite writers, actually, Anne Patchett. And they had been starting, they started writing letters to each other. They were recent friends and they'd had this experience where they'd like hugged each other. And Anne had the idea basically it's really it's Mm. it really does give you the shivers and it was exactly the same yet they'd never talked about it Mm -hmm. and Anne Patchett went on to write that book and ever since then Anne Patchett has always said it was our book which is such a hum I know it's such a humble lovely thing to do isn't it so this this idea that um yeah ideas are they're not ours Mm. we have a responsibility to see them through but they are not us and I, I just find that such a great relief. Well, and there's you. been a, a a paper written on it. I've seen a documentary about it. I can't remember the author of the paper or anything. But that, um, if you look back historically, there are there's a, a phenomenon where inventions are in two. The same invention is invented in two different places at the same time. But we're talking like way pre-internet where there's absolutely no way that the two inventors hadn't even heard of each other. There was no communication. They were in completely different sides of the planet. There's no way that one could have heard of the other ideas, but yet at the same time, almost instantaneously, they make the exact same invention that works in the exact same way, which lends weight to this idea that there are ideas that are being channeled through people and that the situation has to be right in order for them to come come to fruition. Yeah. I just I just love it. It makes me feel really excited. Yeah, the ideas do not belong to us because then what we can do is we can take away this you copied me, you stole my idea mm. mentality, which can be very crippling for a creative. Um there was a big thing on Instagram not not so long ago about, you know, copying and all all that kind of stuff. So it's just I think it's a lovely thought that there is something else. I find it incredibly incredibly humbling but the tarot card stuff yeah I mean look I first really started to get into that myself when I did well we both did didn't we we did the Susanna Conway's Mm -hmm. very very good unravel your year workbook and I remember you did it before me Mm -hmm. because I went away at new year and I was having this really you have a good break I was having a really good break. And I was like, come and plan with me. <laughs> I know, you were. You were like chomping at the bit. I couldn't wait for me to get back. And then when I got back, I was still in this really weird, slow state and went with it. Whereas you were very, <laughs> new year goals. You were so motivated. So you did the book before me. But I remember you didn't want to talk about it until I'd done it as well. Mm. Um, so I know you had to kind of wait for me. So I'm, I, eventually, inspiration striked and I, I set some time aside to do it and I'm working through this unravel your year workbook and it's all great and there's a lot of woo in there which I'm really into you know visualizing what you want for the year what you you're thankful for last year what you want to let go of all that kind of stuff loving it and then I got to this 
tarot page. I was like, oh, open me. Yeah, let's do this. This sounds really good. And she gives, I don't have a deck of tarot cards or anything like that, but she gives you some apps to try. So I was like, okay, yeah, great. I need the app. And I, I you had to pay for the app. It was like £2.99. And that started alarm bells ringing. I'm like, did Kate buy a tarot card <laughs> app? Surely not. Surely Kate did not spend two pounds. Because I know what you're like with spending money as well. Surely she's not spent two pound ninety nine doing all this tarot stuff. And I messaged you, and you came back. You're like, oh, um, I skipped that no. bit. <laughs> like, no, no, I did not. You do have that. to do it. You have to do it. And then you did it, didn't you? And you, and then I feel like you've. <laughs> very recently come into the the tarot experience Mm. well and and i think it's been a real mindset shift because actually even in the unravel your year workbook there's oh my god what's the word when you predict the future well there's that kind of element to it well that's yeah that's it isn't it you predict the future (laughs) that'll do that'll do (laughs) and i think that's always what i'd thought tarot was that it was just about crystal balls predicting the future but as I and I read an article about it there's uh two girls who've got a company called Lit Witcher so like literature but with witch in the middle and they use tarot to interview authors at things like the Hay Festival so I read like an interview with them and the way that they started to talk about it as seeing what's inside of you already rather than what's coming oh i love that and they this described a certain spread called the celtic cross and i was reading about it and i was like and this is what i always do because i've been listening to some being boss podcasts about tarot and i'm like this sounds like r- r- something that i would really like but i'm just not gonna do it <laughs> because it's tarot so i was reading this article and i was like yeah this is something that i'm really drawn to and i feel would be really useful for me so maybe i need to get off my high horse and actually open my mind and try something so i did download the app and i oh the app we should tell people yes. which app it is that we do you use the same one as me is yeah it the shadow escapes yeah yeah um, so the the imagery isn't what I'd choose if I was buying a deck. No, me neither. I think imagery is important as well. It is really important, but it's really good. And I love the explanations and things like that. But mm. so since I've downloaded that app in kind of mid-January, I'd say I have used it most days. <gasps> I didn't know that. Mm. So this is why you were so keen on the Celtic spread. Yeah. Because I hadn't done that. It was you that... that- made me want to do it because you've mm. done it and you were raving about it yeah and I think that's the thing generally with woo stuff actually is that it's got a bad name from the fact that a lot of people make money from it sometimes in disingenuous ways like they do everywhere else in the world but and I think because it's been about prophecy and things like that it's I'm very immeasurable but mm. actually when I've been using it as a tool to understand my own thoughts and situations better particularly over the last couple of months when I've had a lot of unclarity that's not a word but yeah not really having a lot of direction and kind of seeking that Mm -hmm. it's been a tool for me to connect with my intuition and to connect with my actual deeper thoughts that are below the noise of my brain yeah and it's a very internal thing and that's where I see the use for me I'm not actually things like you can do like past present and future spreads and things like that that's not what I've done at all it's always been about how am I feeling now and it being a way to center myself I'm the same I think what I was saying earlier about being a a gut-led person I would never allow tarot and I I remember messaging you actually after I did the the year and I said I'm so tempted to change my entire year plans because of the things that that came out Mm. you know linking them to like courses I was planning to do or book writing you know all that kind of stuff and I thought no I'm not I'm not going to be dictated to Mm. with what I should be doing I'm gonna go on on my gut so for me I want to hang on to that being internally driven as well. Mm. I never want to feel like I'm being dictated to with mm. something like that. But this is where, I mean, tarot aside, this, I guess, now touches on things like visualization or the law of attraction. So mm. 
the idea that if you if you know if you think things and you put out these um, thoughts and wishes into the, the universe that they will happen, mm-hmm. which is the theory behind the vision board that a lot of people do. Yeah, I mean that would be something I think was quite woo. Yeah, I did I did that this year, um, and I've I've still got it up. I wrote a blog post about how I I came to do it. And I I used Lucy Sheridan's advice, which was really, really great. And she did a stories series and saved it as a highlight, which I found super, super helpful. But yeah, I did my vision board around the same time I did the Unravel Your Year workbook and I still have it up. And that's something that came from within me. Mm. And hopefully all the things on there may happen. We'll see. But that's different to the tag it's just such a wide spectrum isn't it it's it's really really different yeah i mean we've spoken about the celtic cross i should probably should probably explain more about what that actually is sorry i'm just moving around everybody because i've got a notebook that i'd lost but now i found it (laughs) um uh so with tarot you so when i say i use it every day i'm not you doing like huge magic massive magic or Freudian slip I'm not doing huge spreads on the Shadowscapes app there's like a, a daily card that you can pull and so you kind of look at the card and it tells you the meaning behind the card and things like that and all decks are completely different but it kind of tells the story that's going on in the imagery of the card so you can kind of read your own stuff into that story so I pull a daily card just to kind of make me think like center myself in how I'm feeling for the day I guess and to be aware of those things that come up that might then affect how I feel later on so things like one of my favorite cards actually funny enough is the devil because it's all about being trapped in your own mind and not be if you could just break down those boundaries those material boundaries you'll be able to get what you want really easily but being very overthinking really is a card about And, you know, that's my MO. So (laughs) it's always nice to pull that card just to remind myself that I can push out of that overthinking. So that's how I generally do it. And if I've got a big decision or something like that, I'll pull just a single card and see what it makes me think of. Um, That's really interesting that you're turning to it for. mm. And that reminds me of something that I've read. I think it was in Stylist magazine, the actress Letitia Wright, who is, she won the... Rising Star Award at the BAFTAs this year. She was in Black Panther. She was, she went through a, a terrible time and she was about to actually quit acting. Mm. You know, this huge decision that she was thinking about making, she turned to tarot for that. And I, I don't know what card she pulled. I don't know what happened, but she said that the result made her think that she was going to stick at it. Mm. And then I think it was like the next week, I think she got the Black Panther job that universe is uh mm-hmm. he's a tricky guy <laughs> you and uh, yeah you and Letitia you're, you're right you're right there together yeah so the Celtic cross is one and I mean <laughs> I did it I ran myself a hot bath with salts turned the lights off lit the candles and then did the Celtic cross spread on my phone which is probably not how like <laughs> sort of ideal to do it on a phone but so it was quite a mystical sort hey, of hey this is amazing <laughs> this is this is not you I mean what's happened to you this is not you I'm so proud right now well it was more that I'd done the lighting of the candles and then I was like you know what I'm gonna do that that Celtic yeah. cross spread that I've been thinking about doing so I did it on my phone and then actually like it was so like mind bomb after mind bomb that I had to get out and then journal about it which and I messaged you Whoa. I've journaled <laughs> I just don't do that but the, so the Celtic with tarot generally you have to ask it a question so you have to focus your mind on something so it's about deciphering a situation so you pull 10 cards and one is about representing you Uh, The crossing, which indicates what the conflict is. You get the foundation of the situation. Influences from the past that affect the present situation. What might happen next. The outcome you desire most. How you see yourself in the present situation. Influences around you. What you hope for or fear the most. And what will happen if nothing changes. And so I was having a couple of decisions that I had to make which would would 
really it boiled down to, which I worked out through journaling of the tarot, of whether I was going to stay in my lane and kind of carry on doing what I've been doing or decide to kind of play a bit bigger and really push after things. And the big one for me was the final card of what will happen if nothing changes was the Five of Cups. And the quote from Shadowscapes was, she has sent her hopes out to sea and wonders if they will ever return. She wallows in regret and loss, wishing for what might have been. And so that was then having gone through all these different things about, you know, uh, chase all the cards that came up were about having dreams and uh, having courage and all that kind of thing. Then that last card being like, I realised, yes, I am 100% going <laughs> to regret this if I don't make this decision. And it was just the clarity, the cards provided the structure to gain the clarity from what was already within me that I'd been overthinking too much and not connecting with what was in my heart and in my gut. And that's what the the tarot just like cut out the brain and went straight to the heart and gut. So that was actually like pretty transformative for me. And like, it was blowing a gale outside. (laughs) Oh my God, I'm just getting so many happy feelings right now. This is, um, this. I'm just so into it. When I hear stories like this, I'm just like, yes, this is incredible. (laughs) Whereas I'm sure, you know, you always get the skeptics and there are probably people listening that have just switched off. (laughs) Who are these crazy people? (laughs) I'm really into that. And look, if that, I think it's about whatever works for you. And what an amazing thing. Like you didn't want to, you didn't want to be the wallower looking out to see, wondering what might have been. Oh God, that's so powerful. And it's about finding a way that helps you connect to that Mm. inner knowledge. So you are somebody who is a, I think I'm right in saying daily, if not more, journaler. Oh, yeah. And you're always telling me to journal about it. And I was like, yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. And then I never do because I'm... That's always been something that I thought was pretty woo, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, just because it's like about yourself. like, And so it's something that I don't do on the regular. But tarot is something that helps me connect to those thoughts and feelings in a way where I feel like I have to write them down and to process them in that way whereas if I just sit down I'm like okay let's journal I don't know where to start with it and Mm -hmm. I get very or I get so in my head about it and overthink it so much whereas like I said the tarot really for me helps me to bypass my brain (laughs) yeah so it I mean whatever helps get gets you in touch and makes that you know lights that spark gets Mm. that connection with your intuition I I say go for it I think that's amazing and it it can be a great permission slip can't it because Mm. again you're just getting your brain out of the picture you're separating yourself I think it's great Mm. I'm so excited I did I'd never heard that story I'm glad you I'm glad you saved that one for the (laughs) podcast like what 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 but so yeah so that might be something that feels really woo to some people and then you always talk to me about the moon and I'm like oh yeah oh, I am into the moon. <laughs> yes I am into the moon. and growing up my it was always a thing that my nan would get really angry with my granddad and because he'd been ratty or whatever and she'd always blame the moon she's like it's a full moon you're always like this on the full moon and it is something that I've got into quite recently probably more so through since I've started tracking my menstrual cycle which is something that as you know I'm very very (laughs) into um it's a it's a whole podcast in itself but you know the whole idea that the moon goes through a similar time of of cycle as what we as women do and I think it was like a couple of weeks ago I was just I was in a real funk and feeling really stressy my sleep wasn't that great I felt really uncentered very unearthed and doing what I normally do I um take to Instagram in in situations (laughs) like that the the oracle of all things and I saw I saw that it it had been a really heavy full moon apparently so then do what I do next and I go on and talk about it on my stories and I got so much stuff back I heard from um people that are in the police I heard from people who were in emergency services in A&E things like that and yeah, they, they said how nobody wants to work the full moon shift because it has such an effect on people's mental health. So mental health, you know, calls relating to mental health, they basically go through the roof. 
And it's, yeah, it's like a, a common thing in those industries of work, which blew my mind. But mm. obviously I also kind of loved because it played <laughs> into the the woo. And then I could, yeah, I could just give myself a break that I hadn't been feeling very motivated that week. I hadn't been feeling very creative, mm. which yes, I know, like you said, you don't want it to be a complete cop out, but oh, life's tough. And mm. sometimes it's nice to be able to explain things yeah well and I remember it was funny that we'd had a conversation about the moon <laughs> or, uh, over messages and I was like no like, I'm not believing this there's <laughs> nothing to yeah and then you always, sh- you always shut me down with the moon but talk. then like a couple of hours later I was typing out a message like oh my god this week I've just got no energy like I'm not motivated do you feel it too and then I was like Oh, it is the moon. <laughs> <laughs> it's the moon. And when you put it out there, you get so many mess. I got so many messages back from people who had been feeling the same way. Mm. I mean, it, it makes sense if the moon affects tides. Like, why wouldn't it affect Oh, us? yeah. I think, I think the moon is the most scientific of all, to be mm. honest with you, because it has such an effect on gravity, which is science. Um, but look, gravity I'm not, is science. <laughs> gravity is science. I'm not someone who has a lot of knowledge on the woo. All I can say is that I am open to it. Mm. And I, I put a lot of things that happen in life down to it as well. Like I, I think people come in and out of my life that were meant to. Mm. That's one of my things that I, I very, very strongly believe. And again, that's all, it, it is a gut-led thing, but it's about paying attention to that stuff and especially you know when you look back and you look at the sequence of events and how things came about and how things happened Mm. I think yeah that that's not that's not coincidence Mm. but this can send me into a whole other spin about you know nature as well like nature it to me is just such a beautiful thing I love to watch the seasons change for me that's the closest thing to magic that you you can get it's incredible and the fact that every you know, every condition, every scientific condition has to be so precise for it all to happen, just for, you know, for the world to exist. Mm. You said about, you said I'm not an expert in this, and I think that's an important point to pick up, is that, as with everything, we all strive for that right way to do it. And so it might be that people are listening who are like, oh, but I'm interested, but I wouldn't know how to do it right. And I know I don't do tarot, inverted commas, right, because you're supposed to, it's more about the imagery you're supposed to connect with a bit more. And so if I had my own deck that I'd chosen for the imagery, I would be connecting to it on that more visual level. But at the moment, having the guidebook, which is part of the app, is enough for me and mm-hmm. that's fine and, and I'm kind of embracing the space that I can move into with it later so I think it's about follow what you feel that you need with this stuff and don't feel like you have to read everything about the moon or mm. kind of read everything about the universe or read everything about the law of attraction and just kind of experience it and find your truth from within you and use the tools that help to draw that out rather than being the world expert first because the whole point of this is it's not empirical it's not science it's not logical so you've got to go into it with your feeling I think which oh my gosh this is so exciting for you though to hear, <laughs> to hear you say I know I'm not doing it right and I'm okay with I know, that that's like quite a big thing I don't think I've ever said that before <laughs> it's so good it's so great to hear but no you're right we don't all have to be experts in it I don't think I think it's a it's a belief thing, isn't it? I mean, I've heard Liz Gil- Liz Gilbert talks. Oh, she's such a hero of mine. I, oh God, <laughs> she's the mentor I wish I had, along with Cheryl Strayed when I was growing up. She talks a lot about magic and how creativity is is magic, and she you know, she's been interviewed quite a lot. And with that, you know, people want proof, don't they? They mm. they want to prod you and they want to prove you wrong yeah exactly and she put she always puts it really really well and she says look I'm not saying that you have to believe in this stuff I'm not even saying that it's right but it's what I believe and I've lived a life where I didn't believe in this kind of stuff and I've lived a life where I have and I know which one I prefer Mm. so leave me alone basically (laughs) which I just 
Oh, I just, I just love that because I, I don't know about you, but I can play this tortured artist role very, mm. very well where I, you know, I suffer and, you know, yeah, oh you God, do, I've you got, really can do that. <laughs> I really do. It can get a bit, oh, it can all get very Virginia Woolf around my house sometimes <laughs> where I just lock myself in a room and I'm so tempted to start smoking again. It's unreal. But yeah, so I can play that role and I can punish myself and be really hard on myself that I'm not creative and I'm not good enough and I'll never be as good as whoever and I'm not working hard enough or the ideas just aren't coming, what's happening. And I can get really stressed out about it. So to be able to take that pressure off myself, I don't need anyone to prove that theory. Like Mm. that's enough for me. That's the... You know, that's the um, relief that I that I need. Thank you, mm. I'll take it. Mm. Feels good. I think one thing that we want to touch on before we wrap up the woo is Saturn's return. More woo. More woo. So had you heard about this before we heard Dolly Alderton talk about this? I had because I've heard my friend Laura, Jane Williams, talk about it. Mm. And I, th- I think Laura is the person who talked, to Dolly Alderton about it actually so I think that's where it came from Laura's really into the woo so the Saturn's return am I right in thinking that it's like around your 30th like well every 30 years in your life so your 30th 60th 90th that Saturn where does it return to (laughs) I've no idea is it Mercury I don't know it's something like that Oh, look, like I said, I'm no expert in it. I don't know. But basically, every round-ish 30 years, your life twists and turns and it's it, things happen to push and pull you on the path that you're supposed to be on. Mm. But we did it, didn't we, when we went to Chester? Because we heard Dolly talking about it when we went and to see her live. she had said that it was her Saturn's return. So around her 30th year, she'd, like, given up men, written a book had a bidding war, published the book, bestseller, mm. and it was like all this, she had a column, the podcast started, like all this insane life change stuff happened around her Saturn's return. And so we looked it up and mine is yet to come, which is, I think which it's is like- so exciting. Well, it's also like a lot of pressure because now I know it's coming and I'm like, <laughs> what if I don't do it properly what like, oh no not this again i've got visions of you kind of sat waiting by the letterbox for saturn to pop, yeah. <laughs> pop through saturn i'm here i'm waiting <laughs> mine had been and gone which was really that was the most disappointing yeah because i was oh, looking God. up and i looked up at you and i'm like i'm so sorry it's already i know happened. you were as well you were so sorry but i could pin, i could actually pin it down to when it did it did happen and big things did happen around that time for me it's the time that I really stepped into my own spotlight and started the blog and started doing the creative work that I really wanted to do so I was happy with that we're not all going to have a bestseller in our Saturn return that's you know not going to happen that's okay so I guess I'm probably like laying the ground for mine at the moment (laughs) I'm pretty sure mine was like in 2021 so yeah I'm I'm like just anxiously waiting and yeah (laughs) I think it's great that you know it's coming because then you can be more aware Mm, and you can live especially if you're doing a lot of intuition work building up to it that that's going to be really great yeah hey I've I've only got to wait 30 years it's not you know it's not that long I'll be on the lookout for mine but we should definitely link because you you went on a website and you worked it out for us yeah so we can link and then anyone listening who's into the woo can do their own and let us know. Yeah, I'd love to hear some stories of people who oh, find yeah. out theirs have already been and who yes, kind of... Yes, people like me. Yeah, retrospectively are like, oh, wait, my life did really shift then and didn't realise it at the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lots of stories. Send them in, please. We want to read them. Mm. Okay, so let's open the post box for another week. So today's question comes from Julia. And she has said, thank you so much for sharing your lovely podcast with us. I especially enjoyed the one about money as I seem to really struggle with having left my big finance job and trying to do something different. I also have a question. When did you both start seeing yourselves as a business, brackets, if ever? And do you have a brand around it or does it feel more holistic? Mm. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I started seeing myself as... And thank you, Julia, for your lovely 
words about the podcast. I'm surprised. I'm surprised Kate read them out because she doesn't like it when we uh, self praise. Oh, you make you made you make me. So I just I do. do. <laughs> yeah, I've started using the word business recently, and I think since I've started started using that word and I've added that word into my vocabulary, I've started seeing myself as more of a business, if that makes sense. But I know I've talked about the importance of language before, and I guess that's another another example of it. This time last year, even though I had the blog and I was making money from my ebook and I was doing, I had a few travel opportunities coming through, I didn't class myself as a business this time last year. I think it took me saying that I was doing this out loud to other people for me to actually start seeing myself Mm. as a business. To be honest, sat here right now in bed (laughs) on a Thursday. Do you feel like a CEO? <laughs> I don't quite feel like a CEO right now, Julia. Definitely not. But it's just so much more fluid than that. The brand stuff, yes, I do feel like there is a, a brand and that that's probably what I would actually identify my mm. business as. I think of my business as a simple lifestyle brand and then yeah. it has all these spin-offs in Instagram, the blog, collaborations that I do and then it's got the product side and the courses and the retreats that I do as well so yes I do feel like there is a brand around it and that is something that I've worked very hard on and the branding and the style stuff has been very important to me from day one I would say Mm. what do you think about this well I just thinking as you were talking similarly to you I think I said the word business before I felt like a business, but That's I also really think that the word business comes with certain connotations. Like you have to White be pro- men in ha- suits. No, I mean like you have to be profitable or you have to have a website or you like it has in order to be a business, there are certain things you need to have ticked off. Like it's got external validation written on it. Mm. Whereas yeah. I feel like I definitely felt like a brand much before I felt like a business. Oh, see, I, oh, that's really interesting. I'd never separate those two. But I think, yeah, it just, that's what, business to me feels like there are certain expectations, whereas a mm. brand feels like it's all you. And I, I think, that. and maybe that's because that's literally like my job, <laughs> is to think about all of this stuff. Mm. But, and I think for us, because we come from a place of purpose and that we have, like a mission with what we want to be doing with this that that is what a brand is is that kind of mission statement I mean I'm really reducing that down but it's it's nuts and bolts is that's what it is whereas a business is a money-making machine which is kind of less it's more difficult to get excited about in a lot of ways so yeah it definitely felt like I was cultivating a brand and then that turned into a business rather than I was like, I am going to be a business and I better think of a brand to go with this business. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I think you've nailed it. Mm. That was a question for you, wasn't it? (laughs) But I think as well, uh, because Julia said about, does it feel more holistic? And within that, it feels like there's almost a, a binary between having a brand isn't a holistic thing. Whereas it's really the opposite for me. The brand side of it has cultivated very organically. If I haven't really ever sat down to be like, what is my brand? What am I? And, and it's just like, this is what feels right. Oh, the, I like these pictures. This is what my Instagram looks like. Therefore, I'm going to use these colors on my website. And I'm going to call my course this because it kind of feels very me. And that's all kind of built up in a way that looks right and feels right and is consistent because it's very comes, intuitive though yeah we've said before you're an intuitive worker was that not kind of if is yours been more intentional than that the branding side yeah oh much more intentional i'm really into branding i'm a bit of a branding geek actually i absolutely adore it yes it's been very very intentional with mine right from day one but but not from a from an i'm gonna use the word authentic and natural progression genuinely oh I'm interested in in color and the way things look and photography and what does this mean what does this mean it's it it was a natural 
process for me from an, a genuine place of interest and love of branding. Mm. Like I could, I, graphics was my thing in, I, that was my favorite A-level that I did. And I always wish I'd gone on to do graphic design. So that's how into branding mm. and the whole visual side of things I I actually am. But I, d- I want to challenge you a little bit on that because I think that yes, there Don't is challenge. No, but I'm, I'm to put out another idea then that yes, there is a lot of intention there and that you've put a lot of thought into it. But oh my god, your brand and your photography and your imagery now compared to two years ago, like that has been a real transformation. That has been very organic where you followed what felt right you it's not like you it's not like sat down two years ago that's my brand and now you're still using that brand it's definitely evolved in a very holistic way yeah and it hopefully it will continue to evolve Mm. like I said I'm very I'm very into it Mm. so it's not like a stilted thing that's like no because I'm still learning Mm. and I want to keep still learning I always want to keep learning um yeah the, I guess the business is oh it's much more definite isn't it it's much yeah. more black and white business as a word whereas brand is more fluid mm. do you like being a brand oh do you know what if I wasn't a brand I don't know what else I'd be mm-hmm. so I'm gonna say yes yeah I just don't know what else I'd be there's too much to think about it helps me whittle things down yeah no I I it's like a real north star in a lot of ways as well that it really helps to kind of direct things and that in a way that feels good whereas I feel like being a business there's too many options whereas when you're a brand it's like this is what we do this is what I'm doing I'm going forward here but Um, a brand helps you get to the the bottom of what your core values are and that's everything in business Mm -hmm. that's everything without those values I wouldn't have even known where to start to be honest with you exactly yeah so I hope that answers the question, Julia. I mean, I could talk about this for three hours, so I have to cut myself off. I could listen to you talk about this for three hours. <laughs> so yeah, if you have a question like Julia, do email it into us at thelittlechapters at gmail.com. And yeah, we will be answering it soon. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Little Chapters. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode and found it inspirational and perhaps a little bit galvanising too. If you have a friend who you think would really benefit from this conversation, please do send them the link to the episode. Yeah, we want to reach as many people as possible and hopefully build up a bit of a community around the podcast as well. So if you can think of anyone who might benefit from this episode, please, please share it with them. And if you could leave us a review and a rating in iTunes as well, that will help to boost us and help other people find us. Thank you so much and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.